Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Our business is public relations, coaching, and strategy. If you are in the market for communication road mapping, media relations, social and digital branding, coaching and event preparation, or any other services that you think we can be of value, please reach out at www.provisionadvisors.net. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Um, we're going to get into our exclusive interview with Naval Academy Athletic Director Chuck Gladchuck here in a minute um, with Bill Wagner. So we're going to do away with a lot of the uh, a lot of the preamble that that usually accompanies this midweek podcast. But before we do that, there were a couple of things that we wanted to go over. Women's golf on Monday at the William and Mary Invitational finished ninth out of fifteen teams. Uh, so congrats to Nods and her young group on doing what they do. Uh, that team is kind of coming out of nowhere. As we all remember, they kind of shocked the world last year, went to the uh, postseason, and uh, and now you know they're they're right back at it and, and playing down there in Williamsburg in a tough little tournament with a lot of good teams finishing ninth. Hats off to Nods and her group. Uh, men's soccer, uh, if you were following us on Twitter, they had a great showing against Longwood. Shout out to, to Vice Admiral Christensen, who was there supporting his uh, alma mater and his former team, men's soccer. Uh, OD's guys came away with a 2-0 victory uh, over Longwood. Uh, really a dominant performance. And, and let's not forget, men's soccer now is 5-0-1 um, in a pretty competitive schedule so far. Um, so uh, goals by uh, Creel and Paris. Uh, just super, super good game. I, I I had a great time watching the end of it. There were a bunch of people there, uh, a lot of parents. And again, shout out to Admiral Christensen for, for being there to support his team. And, you know, as we all know, uh, Navy football over the weekend lost to the Air Force Academy. There was a lot that happened afterwards. There's a lot that happened you know, this week already. Uh, we've had to put out updates to our podcast. We've put out a lot of updates on Twitter. There have been a lot of stories from WAGS. Uh, but really, the best part of doing this podcast is our access to the Naval Academy Athletic Association. So without any further ado, here is our exclusive interview with Naval Academy Athletic Director Chet Gladchuck with Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capital Gazette. Uh, Chet's going to discuss exactly what happened with Ivan Jasper, where the football program is going, where Naval Academy Athletics are going. Um, and really, you know, give us his impression on how things can go forward and go forward with a positive way. Um, so without any further ado, here is our interview with Chuck Gladchuk. Thanks, John. We're joined by Chuck Gladchuk, and it's always an honor to have the Navy Athletic Director on Sing Second Sports to talk about Navy athletics and this, the physical mission. Um, Chet was a big weekend in Annapolis. Let's start with Friday evening, a much anticipated, long awaited dedication of the Terwilliger Center, also known as the Physical Mission Center. It is an incredible expansion of Ricketts Hall, an addition, if you will, uh, a beautiful center that I've toured and written about. Uh, interactive experience where uh, visitors 
can learn about the history of Navy athletics, the history of the physical mission, uh, really amazing interactive exhibits, to be honest. Um, and then you can uh, go into a little area where you can learn about all of the distinguished graduates, their background. That's a really cool area to sit and reflect and think about all the great Naval Academy graduates. And then there's some other elements. The uh, state-of-the-art IMAX theater is just a beyond belief. It's, it's as good as you'll find anywhere in the country. Football is already utilizing it to great effect. And then there's a, a amazing large conference room overlooking the banks of the Severn River. Couldn't have a better view for a meeting. And then a state-of-the-art uh, uh, training facility for all the Navy trainers, all the latest equipment that they need to do what they do. Um, Chet, can you talk about Friday night? You finally had the dedication. How was it over there Friday night? Well, Bill, you know, thanks. You know, let me get into that in a moment. But first, thanks to you and John and, and yourself, Chris, for what you guys do in support of Navy sports. It's really terrific. And, you know, it's, it's a new uh, and important conduit and information that goes to our people. Uh, the topics that you touch upon are, are right on point. Uh, I know it's Scott Strassmar, our SID, uh, works closely with you to make certain that the information you have is accurate, comprehensive, and gives you the content that you need to make this show, Sing Second, really important to the, the academy, the NAAA, our coaches, uh, all of our coaches, and, um, of course, the community. So I, it's always a pleasure to be on with, the, with you gentlemen, and um, it, your, your efforts do not go without being noticed and appreciated. Number two, we've just come off a capital campaign you know, which, which leads to your question, a highly successful capital campaign in which um, the Academy raised over $500 million. And the, the athletic department was, uh, NAAA was, uh, was over 25% of that. And when you think about the uh, priorities of the Academy, uh, what is needed across the board, morally, mentally, and physically, you know, for us to be able to generate that kind of revenue that kind of uh, enthusiasm, uh, you know, deal with our priorities, which are always margin of excellence funding uh, to recruit and retain the best coaches in the country. And of course, build the most um, impactful facilities. Uh, it was mission accomplished. You know, again, a great, great few years here of bringing good people together. And, um, you know, it culminates with what you, what you mentioned a moment ago, uh, in the last campaign, the focal point for us was the stadium. And we raised close to $80 million for the stadium and the renovation. And, of course, we enjoy, as you saw even Saturday, you know, with that wonderful crowd and, you know, the way that game port portrayed uh, the fruits of everyone's labor and putting that together. And then this campaign, our focal point was the Physical Mission Center. And um, Ron Terwilliger stepped up a distinguished 63 graduate provide us with a lead gift and the uh, motivation to go out and raise close to $30 million uh, and invest it in this magnificent facility that we think um, really competes with anyone in the country, certainly at our level of, of, uh, of commitment. Um, it includes all the things you mentioned, but uh, what was really most important was this weekend gave us an opportunity as we dedicated the Twilliger Center to bring together uh, our most distinguished graduates 
and our most um, most elevated donors. We had over 21 people at a, at a dinner Friday night, uh, and those 21 people had committed over uh, $21 million. They were million-dollar donors, their families, many friends, Friday night to kick off a spectacular weekend. And then on Saturday morning, we did a formal dedication. Building's been completed. We had over 200 of our friends and trustees in the Tuolagor Center to enjoy a, a moment of reflection on the purpose and meaning and the importance of the physical mission. And as we develop our student athletes and their midshipmen at large um, in the development of leader, leadership. So it really was extraordinary. And then, of course, we went into a football environment that was, I think, as good as it's been. You know, Bill and Chris, as is, is I've seen in a long time with you know, close to 38,000 people, uh, I think the operation was ran smoothly, a um, lot of energy. Uh, focal point, of course, being the um, uh, remembrance of, of 20 years ago, that tragedy that happened in New York. I think it was a solemn exercise, but one that was um, carried forward with great dignity and conveyed nationally you know, with CBS. It was there for almost eight hours of conveying again of the spirit of the environment, um, the stadium, uh, the crowd, the um, you know, just a setting that was really quite, quite reflective of what we aspire uh, to do here and accomplish um, at Navy. So, you know, long-winded way, Bill, of you know, leading you into your 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 question, um, and it was quite a day. And um, you know, again, from the physical mission point of view, the culmination of years of effort with the focal point being Tuolagar Center, uh, mission accomplished. When do you expect the Tuolagar Center to be open to visitors? I know COVID has really kind of shut down the academy at large. People can't just wander in. But, I mean, obviously, uh, there that is, in, in essence, every bit as spectacular as the visitor center that's attached to Halsey Fieldhouse that people tour on a regular basis. But when do you expect to allow your average visitor to start going through that that beautiful Terwilliger Center? You know, Bill, it's open right now. You know, we, we dedicated, as I just mentioned, it's it's really on the front line now in terms of prepared to receive visitors, um, prospects. We've used it extensively in our recruiting. Uh, we've had um, uh, many of the entities on the yard, divisions and departments on the yard, use the facility based on that theater. Uh, which is, again, I think second to none on any college campus. Uh, so it's, it's basically been um, welcoming guests, visitors, friends for a little while, but now it's formally uh, geared up to mesh with the visitor center. So as visitors visit the yard, of which you know there's quite a few visitors visit the Academy Yard here over the course of a year, uh, it'll be part of their tour, and they'll be bringing them through to um, you know, enjoy not only the aesthetics and the visuals that you see, but also the message that uh, clearly sends the importance of the physical mission um, and how it's contained in the mission at large and how it's important, again, to the development of our midshipmen uh, as they prepare for the fleet. 
So it was a spectacular day on Saturday. Uh, both teams wearing specially designed alternative uniforms, national television. I did think that the uh, the academy the, and the NAAA put on a, a very, very dignified uh, recognition of 9-11, both pregame and halftime. Um, everything about the day, like you said, the 38,000, I think the 10th largest crowd in Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium history. Um, and then the, the disappointment came on the field. Navy's defense played lights out, but the offense just was really a no-show. Uh, 68 total yards, 32 yards rushing, six first downs. Uh, just could, didn't get it done. Um, three points, and it's a loss. And obviously, there was some aftermath, and uh, you uh, made a decision uh, with regard to offense coordinator Ivan Jasper, and then there was some follow-up to that. But I guess just kind of tell me where you were at Saturday after the game. I'm sure, like every Navy fan who wants Navy football to do well, you're angry and frustrated. Just kind of tell me uh, your thoughts. Yeah, Bill, yeah, I, I pride myself whether it be at Navy or any other institution that I've been involved with and my commitment to our football program and you know, in particular our head football coach and the operation. I think if you were to take a look at the track record that I've had personally, it's been one of um, uh, unwavering support uh, to the program with resources um, and also with the staff in the same way. And nothing's changed at Navy and nothing will change at Navy. Highest degree of respect for our people and, and greatest degree of appreciation. Um, you know, I did uh, feel as though that uh, we felt short Saturday. I think the expectations uh, were such that, you know, we would find a way to put things together and come out and be highly competitive. Um, no one can predict wins and losses. Uh, I've never been one to um, put a coach on the line and tell him we've got to win this game. I think our, our only expectation with the investment of, again, our resources and emotions has been you know, play like Navy, uh, act like Navy, compete like Navy, you know, be Navy. And uh, when we fall short and we're, we don't meet those expectations, it brings with it you know, some concerns and uh, you know, my, my reaction post-game was was to go down to the locker room, um, listen to Kenny, you know, which he's always consoling and he's always positive and encouraging to the team. Um, went into the locker room after that, uh, the coaches' locker room. A couple of um, coaches were in the room with us, Ivan and I, and I asked them to step out, which they did, and Ivan and I had a conversation, um, short, brief, but nevertheless, it was direct, um, man to man. And what I said to Ivan was man to man. It was straight up. And um, you know, after that, uh, I think that what was portrayed um, by you in the Capitol, and, and you know, Kenny portrayed it as well in his comments. You know, it was accurate. And I just um, felt compelled that as the director of athletics to address it in a way that um, was clear and concise but always one with an open mind. And uh, I think if, if you talk to uh, Coach Nehemiah, you know, he will say that our dialogue has always been constructive. It's always been in the best interest of the program. It's always been well-intended. Um, we want the midshipmen to succeed. 
Right? It's an expectation that comes with this institution, a winning mindset, productivity, and end results. So when Kenny approached me uh, and we talked Sunday and Monday on a couple of occasions, a typical of Coach Niamat, he brings a, um, a very rational a perspective, um, understandable perspective. Uh, we discussed it. Um, I agreed with him, you know, that Ivan is really important to our program, has been, um, continues to be a role model in many, many respects. Um, you know, he's been here for certainly as long as I've been here for 20 years. Uh, he's a personal friend, uh, but in the context of business, it makes sense that um, with our young quarterbacks and the development of our program is critically important uh, in many respects uh, to our advancement. And, and I agree with Kenny, he is. And I want him part of the program. I want him to continue to develop our offense as he has. Uh, we also have a high level of intelligence uh, in that staff room. We have many coaches in that staff room that have had varied experiences offensively at different institutions uh, that can bring different perspectives. And I appreciate the fact that Coach Niamat, you know, is going to broaden the aperture in terms of advice, counsel, uh, insights, game plan, preparation, etc., cetera, and, and prey on the uh, advice and counsel of a broader constituents of coaches. And, um, you know, with that, I hope that we can find some solutions. Um, you know, Bill, uh, every bit as, as much as I do, you've been you know, part of this program for as long as I have, that, um, you, know, we, you know, we don't want history to repeat itself. Uh, we want to be able to advance. We want us to be able to uh, progress. We've got the pressures of a conference. We have the expectations of alumni, expectations of our fans. And what I want is I just want a program that represents Navy, you know, in its, um, you know, putting its best foot forward at all times. And if we can recalibrate and we can uh, continue to work together, and we can continue to support each other, um, you know, that to me is the way ahead. And that's the end result. But uh, I don't have any more to say about it other than nothing's changed on my mind, in my mind, in terms of supporting Kenny and supporting our midshipmen and supporting our program. And if that means that Coach Jasper, who um, I have the greatest degree of respect, is an integral part of our game plan going forward, then he needs to be with us. He needs to be a part of the solution. And um, that's my um, position today. And he is. Thank you, Chet. Um, obviously, this has dominated the conversation surrounding the program in the subsequent days. And you've been doing this a long time at a lot of institutions, and you've made a lot of decisions and taken heat. So I don't think you probably it rolls off your back. But I guess the bottom line is you feel good about moving forward from here and everyone coming together with the same common goal of getting this offensive right. You know, Bill, I, I've, I've hired coaches. I've fired coaches. I've you know, helped and, and been a part of the solution of, of programs that have faltered. You know, I've been in in a football environment for 40 years. I mean, I had Division One. I. I understand the dynamics. You know, this is, is something that's not new to me. Um, 
And I and, and I feel strongly that that uh, you know we have worked diligently for 20 years to put an infrastructure in place at the Naval Academy uh, that has been proven, uh, has uh, been successful, has a wonderful track record, uh, has has wonderful leadership on many fronts, you know, from the administration and the superintendent to you know, right on down. You know, we all want the exact same thing. There isn't anyone here that uh, that doesn't get it, including Coach Niamat, Coach Jasper, and Chet Gladshuck. And from a personal point of view, um, there's no question we have a wonderful family environment. We respect each other. We've supported each other. Uh, we love each other in many respects. Um, we got to win. I mean, we're in an environment where we have to win. And, and I am the first person to understand that we're not going to win every game and we're going to have difficult times. Um, but we've got to be representative. We have to be, uh, again, in a, in a position where we are pursuing excellence. We are achieving um, the success that's expected. Um, as I mentioned to you a moment ago, we've got an incredible investment by the institution, um, our alumni, uh, our resources, our priorities have always been football, uh, and, and nothing's going to change. But with that come expectations, and when those expectations fall woefully short, you know, they have to be addressed. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk it through in a, in a very constructive manner. Um, and, and so much of what happened over the weekend you know, stems from my confidence in Coach Liam Matalolo, you know, my belief in him and my trust in him. So when we were able to sit back and, and um, talk about the bigger picture and agree that we do need some adjustments, we need some changes, we need some help, you know, it, it, as evidenced, you know, by the end result that we've not only seen Saturday, but the end result that we've seen on a number of other occasions as well, you know, our minds go to constructive uh, thinking and, and, and a recalibration, you know, of who we are and what we need to do. And that's exactly how it turned out. You know, there's, no, there's, not a, there's not a shred of animosity. There's not a shred of, 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 of disrespect in any degree of our dialogue. It is as, as constructive as you can possibly have between professionals that want exactly the same thing. And, I'm, and my ways have not changed one bit. Continue to support football. I think if you take a look at what we've been able to provide our program and our midshipmen from weight rooms that are second to none to nutrition areas, to locker rooms, to recruiting facilities, to uh, coaches' offices, to staffing support, we want the exact same thing. And nothing changes in the mind of the AD in his support for a head coach that I believe in. I just want to help him get there. If I've got to be um, difficult at times to deal with, it's only because I'm sending a message of um, insistence, support, and expectation. That's exactly where we are today. But it all ends exactly on the same note. Um, how do we move forward and succeed? And Kenny and I are in exactly the same page as it pertains to that.
Well, there's no question that no matter what it takes, football has to be gotten straight and back on a winning track because football floats all boats. And that was kind of how I wanted to wrap up. We're, we're back, back in business after COVID kind of really put a real, whatever you want to call it, into athletics and operation. Here we are in the fall, cross countries running meets, volleyballs playing matches, men's and women's soccer over there, Glen Warner drawing big crowds. Uh, I think sprint football is getting ready to get underway their season. I mean, you're back to normal running events like you do 33 varsity sports. I don't know how many that translates to exactly in the fall, probably water polo is also playing. So I guess seven or eight or nine are in business right now in in the fall, but football supports all that. The 33 varsity sports at the Naval Academy success of football is crucial to running a successful athletics department. But on that note, it's been great for you to be able to go around the yard and see games being played again and midshipmen attending, you know, cramming Glen Warner soccer facility or Wesley Brown for a volleyball match. It's been heartening to be, you know, back in business. Yeah, I lost a little bit there at the end, though, but, um, yeah, let me just conclude, I guess, if we're getting close here to time. I'm so proud of all the coaches and the job that they did in navigating the COVID situation. You know, we worked administratively to keep everything in place despite a massive setback with our revenue streams. Um, we didn't lay anyone off, no furloughs, didn't fire anyone. We kept the championship program glued together. Uh, we've come out of the blocks. Uh, prepared to meet the challenges of the next round, which is full speed ahead. Um, I'm really proud of the fall coaches. Let's take a look at our programs, how they're succeeding to date. I think that's a great tribute to the stamina, the persistence, uh, the focus, the determination of our staff in, in not letting it slip uh, and advancing in, on many, many fronts. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a tough time, but we've, we've turned the corner Football is critically important to us, as you pointed out, um, to succeed. Um, the AAC expects it. You know, we're a program of national stature. We've got a highly competitive schedule, and we've got to step it up. We've got to meet that challenge. And as I mentioned, we've got to represent this institution, you know, with not only a winning mindset, but, you know, with a, um, um, a winning program, you know, a competitive program. And, and those are the expectations have, and that have been in place for 20 years that I've been here and nothing's going to change. And I've got the greatest confidence in the, um, in the ability of our head football coach to make that happen. So let's all stay the course. Let's all keep the faith. Let's all expect to win. Let's continue with that winning mindset. You know, we've um, made some, some adjustments that uh, you know, we agree internally are, are, are a positive step and, and it doesn't alter my trust in the ability of this coaching staff to, um, to advance the program in the manner that we as, we as, a, as, a, as a staff and we as an institution expect. Fantastic, Chad. We're very, very happy to have Chad Gladchuck, the athletic director, join Seeing Second Sports. And we it's, thank you for your candor, uh, your outstanding answers. Uh, Thank you again for joining uh, Sing Second Sports. We'll have you on again in the future to talk about athletics. Uh, but I'll, we're going to send it to a break. And uh, after that, we'll uh, have John come back 
with our next segment. Thank you, Chet. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate all you guys do. Thank you. If you're looking for more in-depth coverage of Navy football, check out Bill Wagner, Keenan Reynolds, and Eric Catani on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V, Believe. They do a recap show that looks just at the week that was in Navy football, and then they do a pod later in the week that looks ahead at the upcoming game. You can find that podcast, and it's called Believe in Navy Football, B-L-E-A-V in Navy Football. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. So in addition to Sing Second Sports, check out Believe in Navy Football. Now back to the pod. All right, we are back. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I won't speak for, for Chris or Wags, but that was eye-opening and, and very revealing. And again, thanks to Naval Academy Sports Information Director Scott Strassmeyer for making this happen, for working with us to continue to get access to athletes, to coaches, and to Mr. Gladchuck so that we can get this perspective and bring it to you, the fans of Naval Academy Sports and the physical mission. Uh, before we go, I need to actually read something. This past Friday, we lost uh, a titan of Naval Academy past and present. Captain Bill Natan, who was basically the patriarch of what happens over at the Naval Academy golf course, died suddenly on Friday, September 10th. He was born in Pensacola. He was a Naval Academy graduate. He graduated in 1965 and served a distinguished career as a naval officer. And in retirement, he pursued his passions, which were family, friends, golf, history, and genealogy. Bill could absolutely wow you with an encyclopedic knowledge and memory of of a round that he played at Sewell's Point in in Norfolk 30 years ago. He remembered everyone's names. Um, I remember about two, uh, not even two, maybe a month ago, It was like 95 degrees and 95% humidity. And I rode nine holes in a golf cart and was absolutely soaked to the bone. I was exhausted. And I fancy myself a fairly in shape dude, not as in shape as I used to be, as Bill Matan would remind me. Uh, But um, I came off after nine holes and there's Bill Matan wearing khaki slacks, as he always did. And walking his clubs to his car, he had just walked 18 holes and shot the round of his life. I believe he shot under his age and he died at the age of 81. Um, I might have that wrong. And if I do, I'll correct it in future pods. But for now, it makes me feel a lot better to think that, that Bill shot something under 81 and walked on a day that, that I really couldn't have, I couldn't have walked nine. Bill Maton was a volunteer at the Naval Academy Golf Club. He, he served as the president of the Men's Association for nearly 30 years. He served on the board of the Maryland State Golf Association, the Rules Committee of the Middle Atlantic Golf Association, and the Handicap Procedure Committee of the United States Golf Association. He once told Coach Pat Owen that the way he wanted to go is that he wanted to play 18 holes, walk off after 18, and die. Bill unfortunately passed away Friday and the Naval Academy golf course group uh, misses him greatly. His family miss him greatly. We will miss him greatly at the 19th hole uh, at the Naval Academy golf course. I will miss seeing him walk in khakis, no matter what the weather was. I will miss him shooting better golf scores than I did. 
I will miss him dearly. And as we go out, um, I'm just going to silently remember Bill Matan and ask that all of our listeners do the same thing. Bill, rest in peace. Hit him straight up there. We'll miss you. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segments.